0: Welcome to the Shell Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Creating a place where God is able to do what He wants to do in the lives of every age group. And I firmly believe you're going to be encouraged to know as I share this word about living safe in an unsafe world. Because even Santa Claus can't be safe in the airways anymore. (laughs) And uh, he got caught up. But um, I I remember visiting a house in someone's home and they had a teenage daughter. And over the doorpost, over her door, she said this, uh, uh, parents for sale, um, buy one, get one free. Uh, who's ever felt like that? You know, uh, you know parents, my gosh, they, they seem to have the world so wrong when we're young ones. Uh, but reality is that our parents, your parents, young people, are trying to create a safe place for you. Because it is a safe, unsafe world. There's broken families, there's alcohol and substance abuse. There's gender identity struggles. There's unwanted pregnancies, the STDs, there's cyber and natural bullying. There's identity theft. There's terrorism. There's unemployment. There's there's body image problems that are taking place everywhere, and our young ones have been bombarded by an unsafe world. I remember very distinctly when in my in my office at uh, looking after a large college, that this uh, mum came in and she'd just been told by her husband that he was leaving. And uh, so, she, and she had to tell her her four sons who were at our college. They were from year, from year seven down to year four, uh, year, year three. And they, they, I walked them into my office, and Mum was there, and they hadn't heard yet, and uh, but they knew some tensions were going on. And I said, Mum, I want to ask the boys a question. And uh, well, they're going to tell them. I said to the boys, it says, uh, Mum and Dad have come to a decision to separate. And you saw their faces just go so blank. And I said, Now I want to ask this question. Who thinks that you're responsible for mum and dad separating? And the sad thing was, four hands went up. See, children feel the tension and the unsafeness when there's mum and dad struggling at home, and it's a very unsafe place. And they think they're responsible. And yet, we're living in a world that our responsibility is older people, maturer people, as someone said today, are supposed to make it safe for them. Amen. And I want to encourage you about how we can make make it safe. And because uh, I wanted to actually talk to the young ones about how to to make their parents uh, understand their world and, and bring safety there. Because young people need to be protected, uh, just like American football. I, I used to always marvel at seeing good football, rugby league. You know, blokes go there, hit each other, smack on. But look at the Yanks play, and they've got all this gear on. They've got head masks, they've got, you know, face masks, they've got shoulder marks. They've got, they got look like, you know, Goliath's out there with his running around these his sumo suits. And, and they're playing football. And I said, what a bunch of wusses. They can't even play football. they got this protection. Until I heard that in American football, you can get hit by anybody at any time. But in, in Australia, when we play rugby league and rugby union, of course, you know who's, who's opposing you, so your body's ready to be hit. If your body's not ready to be hit, you get hurt. And the thing is, a lot of our children are out in the world not ready to be hit, and they get hit. And so we need to protect them so that they're ready to be able to face the world that's unsafe, but they can be safe in that situation. I I, I uh, heard of this uh, mum. Her uh, her ten-year-old daughter walked up to her and says, "Mum, just darling," says, "Mum, where did I come from?" Mum says, "Okay, this is it. This is the day. This is the day. The birds going the be. This is the day they've got to bring it all out." I said "Okay, darling, let me make a cup of tea and we'll have a good talk." And so, over a sweaty palms and a stuttering voice, she said, "Well, darling, sit down and." cup of tea and biscuits came out and, and mum began to interact with the daughter and she says darling well, you know when when um, mum and dad were fell in love got married and then daddy had a little seed and had come along and, and planted into my little egg and 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 then she used the big the v word and the p word and the s word and all these things and, and the young girl was getting there listening to mum and the cup of teas were gone and mum's sweating and this is what happened and the whole show went along and and then eventually after nine months mummy had this baby got inside of her and then God gave a special opening and out came the baby and that's what happened and she said to her daughter she said darling why do you want to know and she says well my friend Mary says she came from Brisbane I want to know where I came from <laughs> so but children need or teenagers need to know that home and their parents are safe and it's safe to talk, to be able to talk about things. That's important. So number one, it comes to, there are many voices and many choices. Therefore, choose wisely. Um, the book of Genesis, chapter 34, talks about a young girl called Dinah. Dinah was a teenage girl. And it says this, Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had born to Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. She went out amongst the world. And when, and when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and laid with her and violated her. In her journey of just going home, going out to the shop, down to the village square, going to a school, going to a party, something took place to her that wasn't meant to happen. It's a very unsafe world when people aren't prepared for it. And so we're going to realize that it happened right back there. We're talking about and a half, 4,000 years ago the story was written but it's happening today. The Young people are getting caught up in a world that's unsafe and end up with consequences and, 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 and situations that people don't really want to have in their world. And it's happening because the world is violated by this thing called television. Listen to this, I read this morning. Most children are brought up by exposure to media culture which gives our children values of Hollywood. By 16 years of age, all of our young people have been exposed to 11,000 hours of television, not including the movie theaters. Add four hours of social media a day. Also, the, these immoral values are moulding our children and society, and they're at working themselves like an underground, hidden fault line, manifesting itself in devastating domestic violence, the demolition of the of the, of the traditional family values, and the destruction. of of the, un, of the innocent unborn babies. So we see a whole world being caught up with an unsafe place. And if we can empower our young people how to live safely here, and inspire them how to walk this life, they don't have to be a statistic like this. And so the first thing I wanna empower young people and empower all of us to know is that one, we have to make wise choices. Young people remember this, you smell like a company. You smell like the people you hang around with. Your friends will dictate your future. And if we can actually prepare wisely the friends we want to be with, we'll find ourselves heading in the same direction. If you want to head in a direction where your, your, your friends are successful, they're honorable, they're achieving goals and, and looking after themselves, find those friends. If you want to see a world where people are caught up in drugs and sexuality and doing nothing uh, constructive for their life, they're the friends you choose. But there's many, many voices collecting you and speaking to you that take you on a journey away from the direction God wants you to go. And reality is we don't need to know that we need to choose wisely because there's always going to be consequences for your choices. You can always make a choice, but you can never choose the consequence of that choice. The consequences follow the choices we make. And so choose wisely. Find out who good friends are. My wife and I always let our friends, my children, our children bring their friends home. Didn't mind how they look. They were scruffy, they were dirty from any work of life. They were allowed to come into our house. Because I wanted my children to realize that we were going to check out the friends they were looking at. Once the child had been in our family, they sat down at the table with us or had a game whatever they were doing at our, at our home with my children, we'd always discuss the choice of that friend. And we'd say to you, to the boys or to, to my daughter, hey, what do you think of the friend you chose? What do you think of this? And we'd observe some of the behavior of how they conducted themselves, the language they used, how they uh, used the, the facilities, how they respected our property, how they met us. And we'd discuss the very process of that time at home so the kids could say oh yeah I didn't notice that dad oh yeah I did notice that and he says well see your choice of a friend is going in that direction they didn't honor parents so they did they were respectful they had manners at the table they, they they didn't abuse stuff they they weren't trying to do things that weren't correct and out of that age, we taught our children to observe the friendships and so they were able to eliminate the ones they didn't want to have and they went to the place where they chose wisely because that's where their friendships were going to go your friends will choose your future. Well, I said to my boys, like I can tell you future? How? By the friends you've got. Whatever you're running with, that's where you're going. So choose wisely, and you'll find yourself in a good place. Remember, the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 33. It says this. This goes for all ages. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says this. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awaken to righteousness and do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Evil company corrupts good morals. Sometimes we think, well, you know, I'm going to affect my friends. Well, reality is evil tends to corrupt good people. Good people, unless you're the majority, tend to not have influence against young people. At our college uh, we always had a proportion of young unchurched people would allow it into the college because we wanted our college to be an evangelical arm to the people who were at our college. But one stage, a whole group came in, and there were a bunch from another school who weren't churched, and this about 15 young people arrived in our college and ended up in a classroom together, and we didn't realize they'd come from the, ro- from the wrong side of town. And the tension they created, because there was a momentum of evil of parting, of drugs, of immorality, trying to influence our young people in our college. We had to make a decision to take them away because it was actually affecting the young good kids in our class. We loved the fact that we had a majority of young people influencing the unchurched ones, and we saw young people come into the kingdom of God. Bad company destroys good morals. But good company will lead you on a good path. Who can say amen? Amen. Secondly, uh, check out if your choice of company loves you or uses you now young people don't seem to understand this they have these friends because they hang around and they don't understand that if this friend really loves me or are they using me well you've got the car well you've got the body well you've got the money you can be a friend but as soon as you cut those things off do they want to be there you see if they're using you they're not your friend if they love you they'll care for you and i say to young people who are struggling with their parents he says who loves you the most Well, my parents don't love me so on oh, who loves you? All my friends do. So do they. Who, who feeds you? Who buys your clothes? What happens when you're sick? Do they come and? Be- I says, who has proved that they love you? Your friends? Or are they only around when you're partying, when you've got made to go out at night, and when you've got all these things. Or are they there when you need help? And when you actually show a child just how to find out who really loves you, just by saying, "Who's using me?" or who's caring for me, then you'll find a true, true friendship. How do you know if someone loves you? By how they support you or how they use you. And mates may support you, but if there's too much trouble, they'll drop you. If you haven't got the car, if you haven't got the money, if you haven't got sexual favours, they can drop you like that because they're using you, not loving you. Remember the story of this young boy who was 17? Uh, uh, no, sorry, he's about 11. And for the last time that he could remember, he was, he was always helping mum and dad by feeding granddad. Granddad was a man living in a house with them. He'd been uh, scarred up. He, could, he used to dribble a lot. He could communicate with grunts, but he was, wasn't mobile. He was in a wheelchair. And the young boy was happily feeding his granddad when mum and dad asked him to do it until he got to that age when things changed. When he was starting to get ashamed of the fact that he was feeding by spoon, this man who couldn't do it to himself, and so he went to his mum and dad. Says, "Mum and Dad, I don't want to free granddad anymore." And they said, "Son, like I can understand that, but let me tell you a story first before you make a decision." But Dad, I don't want to do it anymore. I, I just don't like doing it. So okay, I, I can understand. But listen to the story first. He says, uh, "About 11 years ago, there was a fire in the house, and Mum and Dad were outside." When the fire broke out, uh, we ran in and we picked up your brother and Mum picked up your sister and we got outside and we realized that you were still stuck in the house. He says, you were stuck in the house and you're on the second floor. Granddad ran inside. He ran up the steps. He went through the flames. He carried you. You're in a cot. He carried you down through those flames and you got burned. Burned so badly, he could never walk again. Never see again. But he's alive. That's the man you're feeding now. That boy, daddy, granddad, showed you that he loved you. And the young man said, Dad, I'm going to feed my granddad the days of his life. So check out the choice of company. They love you or they don't love you. Third one, is it okay to feel like you don't like your parents and teachers, but find out why? You know, um, parents and teachers can seem so out of sorts. They can be right off the Richter sale. They just, how boring, how how wrong can they be? They're so not like us. What's an app? Did you say, just use the word an app today? Yeah, okay. A cloud. What's a cloud? For goodness sake. Cloud of gay witnesses. But in reality, our worlds can be seen to be so far apart. What takes place? This cloud can be separation, but reality is we need to know that if we don't feel like they can be friends, but go and find out why you don't like someone. You see, you might like someone because of a preference—the way I dress, the way I, I speak. You don't like my music, but that's no reason to reject somebody. It's just a preference. And even though you may feel like a teenager that you don't like your mum and dad because they're old, they have got grey hair, the hair's falling out, and they dress funny, it doesn't mean you should reject them. And the same goes for parents towards teenagers. Because we're different, it's not a barrier. It's an exciting journey to get with someone and say, hey, let's explore this relationship and keep it going. And see, because they're different, it's not wrong. But we need to get the communication going because difference does not make it wrong. So we need to actually have good choices of our friends. We need to check out uh, if the company likes you or not likes you. And it's okay as well that we find out that our, our parents may just be different but we can still like them number four it's okay to challenge rules as when you understand them they become boundaries uh, there was a uh, my wife and I had an a, a exchange student an Italian boy from Rome he'd come from a fairly well-to-do family and he, um, he he's very cool you know he used to he, he would dress and walk like an Italian he'd he'd bounce and he, was, he came across to learn. He was just a nice guy, but he had the world at his fingers and he got to spend a, a, a term at our college and live with us and we can speak Italian. So we had the communication things happening. And in our time, we get to know each other. We got very well. He thought he was coming to Australia. He was only 15, 16 at this extent, he thought he's going to party over here. He did not realize you can't go to clubs till you're 18. And he it just devastated him when he found out you couldn't go into a bar or drink till 18. He just fell over, did not realize it. Anyway, come in, it's cool. And uh, we, we got across that hurdle. And one day he was sending me, he says, i got chess. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm an anarchist. You're an anarchist? He says, Yes, I don't like rules. No rules? No rules. He says, Rules are bad. We should be totally do what we want to do. He says, You're an anarchist. I'm an anarchist. And that because someone believes there should be no rules, just live your life as you want it. I said, okay. So the next day he was out using his beautiful laptop, you know, really expensive laptop. He was there w- doing some schoolwork work on him. I walk up and says, Hey Giorgio, I like that. I grab his laptop, close it up, take it away. Hey, Jess, what you do? He says, I like your laptop. It's my laptop. No, I like it. He says, but my laptop. no, there's no rules. I'm, a, I'm an anarchist, no rules. I want this laptop, it's mine now. No, 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 one more rule. You've got to behave yourself and keep your own stuff. He says, no, the rules are rules. No rules or there's rules. Which rule do you want? And so we realize, when you understand rules that become boundaries? Parents, take your time to actually bring the change from what is a rule at home to when it's a boundary, and they go, oh, I understand why that rule's there. Do you understand right now, even the Australian government as secular as it is, why do they have rules like you can't drink till you're 18? You can't smoke till you're 18? Why are those rules there? To stop young ones having fun? No. Because they know, as well as all the medical science, that a human brain until 18 cannot take the impact of the drugs that come from alcohol or from nicotine. And they know this, that if a child has never tasted us or got involved with alcohol or nicotine before 18, they most likely will never, ever, ever get addicted to it. They know that. It's so that rule there sits up saying, the young ones, oh, they stop me having fun. You know, if I could drink, if I could smoke, I could be like someone. Oh, no. The rule's there to protect you. You're 18; You can have it. We said to our children, always our children, if you feel you want to have a drink, if you feel you want to have a smoke, have with mum, have, well, have with dad, with mum. have with me and we'll talk about it. But you don't do it behind my back. Because this is why it's there to protect you from the devastation, complications of addictions. And he says, if you need to have a smoke, don't do it behind my back, unless there will be trouble. If you want to have a drink, don't do it behind my back. Dad will have one with you so we can talk about it, but do not do it behind my back. We changed that rule to a boundary. They understood the boundary and they came on board and we began to see our children have the victory they want to have in those areas. You see, there's rules are there as a young person because we live with rules but as soon as we put our head up as with understanding around are in the teenage years we want to understand and if we, don't, if we don't if we patronize our kids and say no you do what I say children will push back but if children can have an, a communication story starting up begin to embrace the journey why is that there mum why can't I have boys in my bedroom why can't I watch uh, why can't I have a smartphone why? then you actually talk through the processes then the child comes on board and says ah oh, I understand now and then you can actually walk in through to a great relationship and to the victory they want to have. Who can say amen? Yeah. Number five. Know that temptation is common to all. How often do you hear kids say, if mom and dad knew what I was thinking, they would kill me. I used to think that. I'm sure everyone here does. We think because you have a thought, you're evil. The Bible says that all temptation is is common to all people. It comes out of First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. All temptation is common to all people. Young people, older people, sexual desires, looking at the opposite genders, wanting someone else's property, covetousness, wanting to have a taste of this, tasting the forbidden fruit like Adam and Eve was challenged with. That is common to everybody. And because it's common, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's what you do with the temptation that makes it wrong. You see, you can't stop birds flying over your head, but you can certainly stop the ones that are landing in your brain, making a bird's nest inside your head, if I had some. If we realize that whatever's coming to your life is common, young people, it's normal to get tempted. It's normal to turn around and look at at someone who's good looking. It's normal to, to desire someone else's thing. But what you do with that temptation makes it wrong or right. Temptation is normal. Scripture says, I wear the crown of life when I can overcome temptation. If you've got temptation, it doesn't make you bad. It's normal. Once you beat the temptation, you're wearing the crown of life. And that's the reward of living God's way. Living God's way in this unsafe world. It's unsafe, but it's safe. Because God's saying, it's okay to be tempted. We're going to win. Because I'm going to do it with God and see the victory takes place. So bring up issues with your parents. Let them know what's going on in your life. One of the, key, the keys to, to talking about the temptation is to talk objectively to your parents or to your pastor about someone else. Hey, hey Dad, um, I've got a friend over here and he's having a problem with porn now you don't say i'm having a problem with porn you just you just don't go there you talk about someone else how can i help him understand this situation so when you talk objectively about someone else you you can actually have the conversation and don't feel you're gonna be um uh, you're gonna be found guilty or, or get into trouble over it so when you talk objectively about a situation and you incorporate this unknown face people can come into a conversation and talk freely without a shame factor or or feeling they're going to expose themselves and find out how safe it's going to be in this journey. And we do that with our kids all the time. We start the conversation with our children about all those things that we expected age appropriately. And I'd say to him, to my boys, hey sons, any of any, your any friends having sex with girls? Didn't say, you having sex with girls? Or you watching porn? i say, any of your mates watching? Any boys bringing um, videos home? Point their graphic videos. And we talk about An unknown face. Um, And your mates smoking marijuana. Talking about objective conversation. No one's been put into trouble. Then I can go back and the conversation goes, what do you think about that? What do you think about young people smoking? What do you think about having sex before? me? What do you think about these things? And the conversation comes objectively and it's a safe place. And children walk with you into a safe place. You know what? Mum and dad can talk about these things and I'm not getting into trouble, it's an objective conversation that brings in the community and brings a relationship together, making it a very safe place in an unsafe world. Who can say amen? Um, number six young people find cool mentors. Now, when you want to look at who you want to become like, you may not want to choose like your mum or your dad, they might just be a little bit old, they may dress funny but you can go to someone. That's what youth pastors are all about. Youth pastors are Jesus Christ in the flesh. I can tell you now because they represent Christ. They represent these, these cool people who, who dress smart, who talk smart, who do life victoriously. I, my, I said to my son, I have four sons, and my wife's got four sons and I've got four sons. The same four, of course. Uh, and uh, they, they, they're all being you know, in, in, in the world and love dress and, and being cool and... And uh, music and all those things, but Cameron, who's the youngest one, if you ever know Cameron, he just got married, and um, he he's just just a stunning He's a model-looking guy. He's a musician. He can sing. He's cool. All those things. And the temptation that came at him from from the from from uh, sexuality to the drug world to the music world, all that just bombarded him, bombarded him. And of course, mum and dad are there encouraging him and praying for him. But he said, "Dad, as much as." You and mum were so fantastic at that. He says, but One of the strongest elements that kept me through that time was that I had cool mentors. Young men who were older than me, who were cool dressers and musicians and, and good-looking too, who were in the faith. And I was able to go to them and communicate with them. They'd been through the journey, and that gave me hope that those cool mentors were there in the faith and they're still there, and they pulled me through. You see, sometimes you feel like you're isolated. Why does everybody else... I have to give into the struggle but what i have to say here but when they realize there's another mentor that's let them walk through that place they found a strength in that and that my son has has those guys still in his world today because they were there for him and you talk to those guys who are his mentors they had mentors in the in the church so youth pastors i want to say youth pastors and youth leaders thank you be a cool mentor dress crazily, get your hair done, freak, I don't care what you do, do everything you have to do to be safe, cool, so the young generation can say yeah, she's making it, or he's making it, I'm going to make it too, because that's how you become safe in an unsafe world. Very true. Finally, finally, you can do anything you want in life, but in God's time and in God's way, he'll make it happen. You know, God made dopamine. Dopamine is your pleasure hormone. It's what you get from laughter. It's what you get with intimacy. It's what you get when, when you're having fun. He made the hormone in your brain called dopamine, and that is your pleasure hormone. God's not against fun. He's not a killjoy. But God wants you to have fun when it's safe. People who want their dopamine released when they're smoking dope or something when they're young, and, and I suggest you to smoke dope anytime if you don't but but the 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 release of that dopamine. wow i want this whole thing It's a dopamine release that is dangerous to a young person because it causes an addiction the sexual drive the the pawned addictions those dopamine releases will cause addiction you can't control when it happens too young but god made that in his timing for you to enjoy your intimacy with your spouse enjoy he made all those things in you to enjoy this wonderful life because jesus says enter into the fullness of joy life's about joy with him it's not about boring christians are not boring if you're a boring christian die for goodness sake be a crappy christians jump up and down rejoice christians are the happiest people on earth i believe it I love dancing before the Lord. I love my wife. I enjoy life. I enjoy food. I enjoy having a bit of wine. I enjoy life. Because God made us for life. He didn't make us to be dull and boring. The world should look at you and say, God, how come you're having so much fun? Because we don't need drugs, you idiot. You know, we've got to say that. And I'm enjoying my spouse because I don't have to have all these different people flooding my imagination with different bodies. I don't need porn to enjoy sexuality. I've got my spouse. You see, the world doesn't have that. They're told by a lie of media that they think they're having fun. They're not. They wake up in the morning and say, why is it so boring? Let's try something else. And they take on a journey into, into, into um, what do they call that stuff? Perversion. Nothing satisfies It's like the whole journey of alcohol into drug addiction and heavy drugs all starts because it stops satisfying because it's not done in God's timing. God wants to tell every one of us, whatever age you are, when you do things God's way and in God's timing, you'll enter the joy of the Lord and it's very, very powerful. God has not made you to be boring. He's made you to be so exciting. The world sometimes says to me as I am finishing off, And as the music team comes, he said, uh, if there was a God, how come there's so much poverty in the world? How come there's so much pain in the world? How come there's so much destruction in the world? If there's a God, how can you show me? And I said, may I ask you two questions before I answer the question? And they said, yes, you can. And I said, well, you tell me which is the most richest, most prosperous continent in the whole world. Which continent has the most land, the most water, the most food production, The most minerals, the most oil, the most gold, the most silver, most people. Which continent has the most provision given to it as a continent? And they go, is it Africa? And they say, yes, it is. It is Africa. Africa is the biggest continent. It's got all the stuff, so much. And he says, now tell me which continent has the most poverty and destruction and wars in the world? And they go, Africa. I said, so is God the problem Who gave the nation everything it needed? Or is man the problem who's supposed to manage it? Who's not managing the problem, which is causing the situation? I says, is God the provider of the problem? Or is man the manager of the problem? And they go, man the manager. Hence, I can believe in God. And I know if I manage what he's given me, the resources he's giving me, I can actually have an amazing, abundant, resourceful life that gives God all the glory for it. Who can say amen. Amen. Every head bowed and every eyes closed this morning, tonight. In the story of Sleeping Beauty, her father, the king, tried to make a safe world by removing all the dangerous spinning needles. He tried to make a safe world by suppressing what was happening in the world. But Stephen Beauty got caught on the spinning needle. Because he didn't find it all. God never ever intended to take all the fun out of the world. He wants you to enjoy this world. And you enjoy it by his secret agent called parents. Call youth pastors. Call pastors. Call mentors who want to show and, de- and and declare to you God's ways of doing life. And you will get the rewards of that life that God wants you to have when you do it God's way and in God's timing. So my prayer for you today is that you see that God loves you and he's made a very safe place in an unsafe world. Do it his way. He's shown you he loves you, that he let Jesus die on a cross for your mistakes that you've already made and you are got to make, so you don't have to get punished. He loves you. He's got the best for you. And today He wants to encourage you and take on that journey. If you're here today and you haven't yet accepted this God who loves you so much that you can trust Him, navigate this unsafe world to a safe place. If you're here today and you haven't yet accepted God, haven't accepted what Jesus has done and today you say, I want to accept Jesus, and begin this walk with Him. I'd love you to raise your hand just wave it to me and say, Chas, that's me. Will you pray with me, please? Just wave your hand to me and say, that's me. I want to accept Jesus today. I want to walk with Him. I see now that His ways are the best ways. If you may have made that decision, walked away from it in recent times and you want to come back to Him. Can I see your hand tonight? Just say, that's me. Just let me see your hand and I'd love to see you and just pray with you and then we'll move on with the service. Is anyone with to say, that's me tonight. Have a soul. I want to come back to God. Let me see your hand. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Let's all pray this prayer together as we receive this message tonight, encouraging us to walk with God. Say, Father God, say with me, church, Father God, your way is the best way. And I see now from your word that you're a joyous God and you want to empower me to be successful and walk in a very safe place in the sun world. I will not fear the enemy's plan. I'll have faith in God's plan and walk with Him all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. And if you believe that, let's give God a big clap tonight, eh? Wow, just, uh, just a, bit, a few resources that we do have. I don't know where you're at, but this book here is written about this type of communication with young people with marriages and families. It encourages us in the journey to make right choices and come that way. Uh, This book is about, if you're a brand new Christian or looking at Christianity, it talks about the life of Christ and it goes through the apologetics like you're getting into very shortly about Christianity from Jesus' conception to Jesus' return. It's a great book for yourself if you're a brand new Christian or if you've got someone who's looking for something. uh, It is just simple, chapter by chapter. It's about 48 chapters, but only about two and a half pages each and takes you on a journey of understanding all the values of Christianity and why we do the things we do. And this one here is about relationships, getting yourself ready for your spouse, your marriage, and teach you how to communicate and how to set your goals that the future will be wonderful in God. So they're available at the back and I, and I pray that you've been blessed tonight. I've always loved to come here and stand with Shane and your beautiful, beautiful wife, his beautiful wife Rachel and see what God's doing here. And it, this place has gone from glory to glory. And I just know the wells that have been dug in this place, like friends said, uh, you've only started to drink from that. Great things are about to take place. In Jesus' name. Love you all. God bless you all.